1: all the way to the bank
0: it's time to sell or die
1: and we're live where on wait. the air
0: oh wait is this <laughs> is this sell or die again uh,
1: yes it is
0: you know we're almost 600 issues into this uh, podcast it's amazing it's, i know I,
1: when we first started, I didn't think we were going to make it past episode three. Literally, it was so painful every time we did an episode. Yeah. We weren't jiving.
0: Well, we weren't comfortable.
1: No, the whole thing just felt uncomfortable. And the truth is, I almost gave up.
0: And and it made my hair fall out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your hair fell out way long before that. Oh. You didn't have any hair when I met you. That's correct. Well, you had like three, yeah. three little strands yeah. or
0: whatever. <laughs> so what are you guys doing to ensure your longevity or your stick to enough to create a success? And most people give up too early. Yeah. There's all kinds of quotes about football players, teams that give up on the 10-yard <laughs> line or the 20-yard line. Um Ross Perot had a real famous one, and then he ended up quitting when he was on the 20-yard line. But I think the bottom line there for you is, how are you developing a reputation and an expertise that leads to not just success, but there's a step before success? It's called attraction. It is not the law of attraction. It is value attraction.
1: Well, wow. That is a really good way to segue into what our topic is today. What is our topic? We're going to talk to you about the number one way to actually attract customers, to attract people who want to buy from you.
0: Right. Because it's a hell of a lot easier to talk to somebody that already wants to buy as opposed to somebody you have to convince to buy.
1: Right, or who does who who you're reaching out to versus someone who reaches out to you.
0: Right, and think about this diehards, when you go to uh, Home Depot or Lowe's because you want a refrigerator or you want a washer and dryer, you're not going in there and going, boy, I sure hope somebody comes up and sells us a washer and dryer. You go, hey, I'm looking for a washer and dryer. You have it, it's tattooed <laughs> on your forehead. You're there to, you're on a journey to make a purchase.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. By the way, just I had to look it up because I was dying to know. But when I almost gave up in episode three of our podcast. What
0: was the title?
1: I don't know. But we wouldn't have gotten to 2.4 million downloads.
0: Oh, my gosh. Is
1: that not insane or what? I mean, it's thank you, Die Hard, for listening. Thank you for listening twice and sharing this with both your friends. Because... You're what motivate us to keep putting this out there,
0: and the challenge is not just to come up with a new topic, but to maintain our excellence and maintain our uh, our topics to be able to attract you to want to listen to the next one and then share it with somebody else.
1: Whoa, you're so on it tonight. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about this attraction thing because I think when you join a sales co- when you join a company and you're in sales or You create a business. A lot of times people give you this advice to go cold call. Make 100 calls in a day. You'll make, you know, you'll touch base with, you'll touch 20 people directly. And out of those 20 people, maybe you'll get five appointments. And out of those five appointments, you'll get a sale. I mean, how many times have you heard that?
0: Uh, I created it. (laughs) 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 And literally... Uh, preached it for an extensive period of time because I didn't know any better. It, yeah, it was well, not until it was not until March the twenty third, nineteen ninety two, when my first column appeared in the in the Charlotte Business Journal, that I realized that oh wait, people will connect with me if I just ask them to. hmm
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I waited about oh I don't know maybe three or four months and and I asked people to fax something back, and hundreds of people faxed. The fax back. Right, the (laughs) fax back. And what that told me was that people would read all the way to the end of what I was writing, take one more sentence, and then take action.
1: Okay, so let's break that down. Rather than actually pick up the phone and call people unsolicited or... Send out a million LinkedIn messages, which are really freaking annoying. Please don't solicit me on LinkedIn. Exactly. Especially (laughs) if
0: you have bullet points.
1: It's starting (laughs) to happen a little bit on Instagram now. And I'm like, seriously? Like, I post pictures of my husband, like, and my podcast. Like, why are you trying to sell me something here? (laughs) I don't even know you, you know? But, but so what you're saying is you put out this value and, and people want more. And people want more. Right. And so the question for you, Die Hard, is how, first of all, do you know your expertise?
0: Right. So right. Let, think of it this way. What is your expertise, number one, and what do you want to be known for, and what do you want to be known as? What do you right. want to be known for? What do you want to be known as? So, uh, What's I'm the pretty, difference? Well, I'm... I'm known for my expertise in sales, attitude, and personal development, but I'm known as the King of Sales. (laughs)
1: Oh.
0: And now, how did I get that title?
1: I thought you were going to say you were known as Jennifer's husband.
0: No. (laughs) How did I get the title King of Sales? I'm going to tell you in three words. I fucking earned it. Oh, wait, that's four words.
1: Beep. Beep. Beep.
0: But the the bottom line is, I gave that title to myself when I felt I deserved it, and you can say whatever you want about it, but you can't refute the fact that I haven't worked my ass off for 25 years, 16 hours a day, helping other people get better, especially in this pandemic time uh, of going live on Facebook. I'm now at 160 some straight days of coming on it. You're crushing this. Right. 9.59 a.m. People <laughs> all over the world come on.
1: First of all, your title. I right. have like so many things roaming through my head right now. Your title is something that you gave to yourself right? and Die Hard, if you haven't noticed, it definitely um, communicates some form of confidence. Oh my God. And gosh. I would say it communicates some form of uber confidence. So the question for you is what's your title that you gave yourself and not the title that your company gives you if you work for a company like You're account sales manager or, or sale- execu- trusted yeah. advisor. Those are like so lame, okay? Even trusted advisor, which is a little bit better, sounds a little bit better than salesperson, right? But here's the deal. What's the title you give to yourself? Because that's what you can become known as if you entitle yourself and then ask yourself, how much confidence does it portray? Does it actually portray something that that like you're trying to transfer or is it like a little Weasley and you need to really kick it up?
0: Let me share with you that before I became king of sales,
1: mm-hmm.
0: on my card, even though I was the founder, president, CEO of the company, my title was salesman,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: salesperson, salesman. Mm. Because A, I'm a man.
1: And it was before the days of politically correct. It news. doesn't matter. You can still <laughs> be
0: a, you can be a saleswoman. I am. You, right, exactly. <laughs> and so the bottom line is this, I lowered my title. I I gave myself an egalitarian title because I'm a salesman and I'm a New York City salesman. And so I decided that because I I hadn't come across King of Sales yet, um, that I'm going to tell people exactly what I do. What do you do? I'm a salesman.
1: But what's interesting to me about that, because you know I'm all about mindset, and what's interesting to me about that was you were not yet the King of Sales. Okay? That wasn't a thing. It wasn't a, 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 a person or anything. You named who you wanted to become, and then you stepped into that role and you became it. So you were actually uh, practicing it and living it and enacting it in advance of actually becoming it. But you gave it a name and you knew exactly where you were going.
0: Exactly. And there's an interim title. Yeah. I became chief executive salesman. (laughs) (laughs) So. I went from salesman to chief executive salesman to king of sales.
1: I got you. But so diehard for you, if you're not ready to own that uber confident title, what you have to ask yourself is, what do you want it to be anyway? And then just start calling yourself that. Right. Because once you start referring to yourself as that, you're going to say, okay, how does it, how do I make decisions as that person so so for example with jeffrey with you you were probably asking yourself without even realizing what would the king of sales do Mm -hmm. and when you ask yourself that question and now you come up with that answer every time you're acting as the person you wanted to become
0: the challenge that i had was to be better than i was the day before just that simple learn something new in the morning put it into practice in the afternoon and when you do that for decades, you can't help but get better. It, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things where you decide you're going to work your ass off every day, and you do. I'm convinced that if a salesperson decides to believe in themselves, male or female, and then identify what their expertise is and what they want to call themselves, they can achieve any height they want. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of making a quota. It's making a career. I, I've said for years, I don't think end of the month, I think end of time, because you're striving for uh, um, income or family security, whatever it is you're striving for, you're doing it in the framework that you've set for yourself. You're not achieving somebody else's goal, you're achieving your own goal.
1: Right. And that's so powerful. And And diehard, you need to start thinking about what is your zone of genius? What is your true area of expertise and how are you showing the world? And I really do mean the world. Even if your territory is your local town or city or whatever it may be with a couple thousand people in that territory, how are you putting it out there to the world that this is your expertise? To social media, to videos, to to all the different platforms where your customers are hanging out. How are you showing them that this is what you know best?
0: I want you to take a look at how you can broadcast yourself because we're living in a world right now, this sort of post-pandemic world where the world has basically gone vultural, has (laughs) has gone virtual. And you have to take advantage of that time that if you're gonna do it in your town, go on Facebook Live. If you're going to do it on your in your state or in your marketplace, go on Facebook Live. If you're going to do it to the world, go on Facebook Live. Come to my page, my, my public page on Facebook at 9.59 any morning and listen to what I have to say, but then look at who shows up. Because I started out with 10 people.
1: Yeah, it, even for a public figure like you, what happens is – if your page isn't active, Facebook actually decides they don't know if you're worthy of showing in the feed. And so they show it to a few people. And then based on the engagement, they're like, oh, we can show it to more people. And then we can show it to more, and it grows. But they don't actually show your post to 100% of your followers. And I bet you it was to like 5% of your followers in the beginning. Yeah, It's so crazy what they do. But the point is, right? Figure out what you're an expert in, and then determine if you're communicating your expertise in the best possible way.
0: And build your expertise every day. You can't just rest on your expertise. You you have, you know, look what you do, Jen. You, you've have found uh, communication programs like Canva. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to admit I'm pretty Canva stupid. But Jen decided that this was going to be her medium and became an expert at it and literally could probably teach a course in it.
1: On Canva? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, but the, <laughs> listen,
0: but the bottom line is, it's, it is a side expertise for her that helps her communicate her message in a much more effective way than most people could with PowerPoint, which is basically old world. I use it. Well, I don't use that. I use, <laughs> Keen- I use Keynote. But uh, I'm still not convinced that a snazzy slide Beats, uh, you know, I'm I'm an old world person and I think it's the message, not the slide. However, the slide is a dominant player in today's world.
1: I mean, for me and with all things virtual, I think the design aspect of it definitely plays a huge role in a person's perception and their perceived value of what you're communicating and the product. Now, for you with a 25 year reputation and 16, 17, 18, what are we at? 17, yeah, 17. best selling books. Yeah. Okay. You don't really have to prove your expertise. Right. But for someone like me that less people know and diehards, you all know me. So thank you for knowing me. But, you know, that less people know me, I have to go in there with snazzy slides because. They make a first impression. It's like showing up in sweatpants versus a beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. Okay. The minute you see me, if I'm in sweatpants and I'm supposed to present to the room, you're going to be like, who is that schlub?
0: But if I show up in a beautiful dress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey, my dresses won't fit you, honey.
0: (laughs) All right. So we're asking you, diehards, to establish yourself with an expertise And then position yourself as a leader so that people will be attracted to you for your value, not your cheap price, not your what's on sale, not your cold call.
1: Yeah, and just to bring this full circle, we started the episode about, you know, back in the day, it used to be all about calling and outreach and all that. And now I truly believe that if you put the right stuff out there because you believe you're the expert. You are willing to share it. You are willing to give value freely. Like Jeffrey was willing to give all this value in his business journal columns. Mm -hmm. You're willing to do that freely on the internet with blogs and podcasts and video-based lessons and who knows what else you give, okay? Then people are going to be ringing your doorbell. People are going to be pulling out their credit card and saying, here's my money. Where do I sign up? People are going to be asking you, where's the CTA? Where's the call to action button? How do I buy now? If you attract them, it's all about how well you're attracting them and how, well you're, how much value you're actually giving them.
0: I'm going to share it one more time because I think it's worthy of you understanding it. 25 years ago, I was a sales guy. And I would go out and make big sales and have a good time and come back and count the money and make the commission and whatever. And then I started to write. And the day that I started to write, I realized: oh, this is different now because people are calling me rather than me calling them. And after a hundred articles, I had the sales Bible, and that took two years. But the bottom line was the salesperson that I was competing against is now buying my book. And you can do exactly the same thing if you simply discipline yourself to decide you're going to become an expert's expert in your field. But what it means is you have to write things that are attractive, postings. And keep in mind, I did it before the word email was ever in existence. So it wasn't like I just, oh, yeah, it was easy for me because I just – had a blog and a platform. No one knew what a blog was. And I don't know, somehow I did it. And so can you. So much easier now Mm -hmm. because you have a social platform that you can start in two seconds. And all you have to do is invite your friends and you have a base. Totally. Unbelievable.
1: So, Diehard, one thing that I must say before we go. If you have not yet signed up for Jeffrey's Recovery Masterclass, I highly recommend you get in on it. Go to Gittimer.com slash Recovery Masterclass, enter in your name, and even if the webinar, the live version, has already passed, you can catch the replay. So make sure you register at Gittimer.com Recovery Masterclass, and you will get all the details.
0: I'm Jeffrey Gittimer.
1: And I'm Jen Gittimer. And
0: I'm reminding you to get out there and sell something, even if your ass falls off. Thank you so much for listening to sell or die. We hope that this episode has helped you transform the way you think, given you new ideas and provided you a new perspective on the sales and business challenges that you face every day. So you can get out
1: there and win the customer all the way to the bank. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review each review helps us help more people just like you make a difference in this world. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories and tag us at Jeffrey Gittimer and at Jen Gittimer. See See you next week. week.